Hey moms, welcome to the Gather Moms podcast. My name is Kate. And I'm Rebecca. We've created this space just for you because we're both moms and we get you. Yes, we believe there truly ain't no hood like the motherhood and we need to be in this together. We also believe we can't mom well without Jesus. So you're going to hear us talk about him too. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Gather Moms and make sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. All right, mamas, let's jump in. Hey moms, welcome to this bonus episode of the Gather Moms podcast. In October of 2021, we held the mom event and had the most amazing time together. And this special bonus episode is from the panel of moms that we had at the event. You are going to be so blessed by this conversation. We want to be those women that walk out of the grave and have our community surround us and take those grave clothes off, but there's still the daily to-dos. And so we think one of the best ways to do that is to ask other moms, what is Jesus teaching you? So we've invited some women here today to be on our mom panel. Would you welcome to the stage our mom panel? Let me introduce them to you. First we have Christina, say hi Christina, woo girl. Hey, everybody. Christina is a pastor's wife, a homeschool mom of five, shout out. She also just told me she wants to adopt like five more, so. Mm -hmm. Productivity coach, and she leads something called the Momathon Diaries. That's on uh, social media, so make sure and look that up. So she's got a whole community of moms that follow her. Next, we have Jana. Say hi, Jana. Good morning. Jana is our beloved pastor's wife here at Lake Point Church. She's a homeschool mom to three. Listen, homeschool showing up today. Yes, it is, and a Bible teacher. Thank you for being here, Jana. Next, we have Susan C. Y'all, stop the madness right here. Susan is a homeschool mom of seven. Ow, ow, ow. I feel outnumbered. I know. What's up? Yeah. Public school unite, something. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. Susan is a certified life coach, and she hosts the Mentor for Moms podcast, another great resource for you guys to find online. Yeah. And last, we have Pamela. Pamela has her kids in public school. Shout out. Yeah, I'm normal. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Pamela is a boy mom, a boy mom of two, a pastor's wife, and she's on the teaching team at Lake Point Espanol. She brings the word. Yes, yeah, she yes, does. Yes, she does. Yes. We're so glad y'all are here today. Thank you so much for coming to share with us. Y'all, I love you. I love the conversations that we've already had, and I've been looking forward to this all weekend because I know that this is gonna be such a blessing. Every time that we do a conference, people are like, we want more panels. Mm -hmm. So here you go, we love you, okay? Um, But all of us, and something that we talk about at Gather Moms all the time is that we can't mom well without Jesus. And we have each come to the conclusion, and I know that each of you have come to the conclusion that we cannot do this without him, right? We need him. Um, but there was probably a time in our momming where we maybe tried to do it without him, right? Which ended in disaster. So Jana, tell us, was there a point for you when you were realized as a mom you were trying to do it by your own strength? Oh, absolutely. And I'm, honestly, the example I'm going to give you is not what you would think. It's not a large trial we've had as a family. It's not a crisis. It's none of those. It's the day in, day out, mundane things of life. It's when life gets busy, when life is hectic. Um, I just saw in myself, like, I would have my time in the Word, 
And then from that point on, the rest of the day, I would just kind of be living as if, if this is going to be, it's up to me. I gotta do this. I've got this. I can do this. Yeah. And I, probably about four years ago, um, God just, you know, in Hebrews it says, he will shake the things that can be shaken. And he started to shake me. And it was to get my attention to be like, you are doing this without me. You are living your life as if you don't need me. Like whenever things are hard, you are on your face, you are seeking me, you are calling out to me. But what about in each and every moment of your normal day or the busyness of life? Like you need me as much then as you do in the hardships. And I am present then. I think I like started to live as if like, Oh, God is not, he doesn't want me to bother him with the day in, the day out, but he does. And whenever he says, Jada talked about it last night, just about um, being, he's calling the weak and the weary to come. It's because he's there. He is present in our weakness and our weariness, and he wants us to come to him, and it's an invitation. Yes, I love that. So you... As you, you began to realize that, what were some things that maybe God led you to to start putting in practices into plays or rhythms in your home, things you set up in order to make sure you guys were focused and relying on him and not yourself? Right, well, um, my time in the word, morning, morning devotionals, that quiet time, that's always been a non-negotiable for me. It's the first thing that I do. But honestly, until relatively, recently, probably like the past two or three years, like God has impressed upon us just the concept of living a true Sabbath and what that looks like. And so our family started to establish the rhythm of where we would have a Sabbath meal on Friday night and to prepare us for for Sabbath on the Saturday. And so we would have our meal, we would take communion together and just, just really enjoy fellowship, getting to talk about him and what God was doing in our lives. And Um, And all of those things. And then on Saturday morning, it's been really nice because Josh will watch the kids for me for a few hours. And I just get to spend extra time with the Lord and receiving to be filled back up, to be poured back out again. Love it. That's beautiful. I, I think we we don't think about Sabbath as something that's important for us, but it's it's still important for us. We need that rest. You know, just like they shared last night, I mean, we just have this breakneck pace and our bodies need to rest. If God rested on the seventh day, we need to rest. Absolutely. One thing I wanted to add to that, Kate, was that it's, it's not a have to. This is a gift. He's yeah. offering it to you as a gift to receive from him. And the more you receive it as a gift, just the more you're filled back up. I love that, so good. I'm sorry, can I have a question? Yes, yes go. Because I have small kids and I struggle with the, you know, the concept of a Sabbath. How do you do that with small kids? How do you teach that to your kids? What do you do with them in that day? Yeah, I think in each stage, you just do the best that you can. Um, Eliana is 10, Felicity is six, and so they kind of, they get that concept a little bit more, and we just let little Hudson do what he wants to do. He, so he's kind of running around in the, midst, in the midst of it, and we just, it's not perfect. It's not just like, oh, we just sit here and sing Kumbaya, and like, it's just so peaceful. It's I not mean, that. That's, that's the yeah, vision just, I was catching, so I was oh, like, oh. It, it's not that. Yeah. Wow, yeah, this not. is fabulous, yes. <laughs> this is lovely. I think you just I mean, let that. I might have to give a confession, you know, since she's a pastor's wife and everything. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm surrounded by pastor's wives, and I feel barely saved around y'all right now. So, I'm sitting here like, um, so here's the thing. I, I struggle with the quiet time thing around moms because I'm like, my life is not that quiet. 
And so I, I have learned how to hear God in the noise. You know what I'm saying? Like I've had to cut through that and go, yeah. he's still here in that. So I'm, I'm so grateful you asked that because I was yeah. sitting here like, wow, that's something else for me to ask Jesus to help Thank me you. with. Thank you. And if I can add to that um, on, a, on a practical level, right, amidst hearing God in the noise, because once you have kids, the noise never goes away. Um, but on a practical level, especially with small children, when my oldest son was two, we had, we found out we were expecting twins, right? So I went from being a mom of one, I was still in my 20s, kind of cool. You know, you're kind of cool in your 20s, one yeah. kid. Yeah. The stroller, it can work, to having three children, all age two and under. Wow. And so when they got to like toddler age, y'all, I was not okay. Like, <laughs> like my husband would come home and just bring ice cream, be like, go sit in the car. I'll watch them for an hour. So I started with them quiet time really early. You know, even as toddlers, it was like, can you guys sit here with these Cheerios for 15 minutes? Can you guys just be here for 15 minutes? Yeah. And then it turned to 30. And then it was, okay, play in your room for 30 minutes. I'm going to be out here. Yeah. Stay in, if you can stay in there, we'll do something special later, yeah. right? Yeah. And then 30 minutes turns into an hour. Mm, you feeling potential here? <laughs> and then it goes from an hour to, is that an afternoon nap? Yeah. Like, do I feel, you know, so you can kind of slowly but surely do increments for your kids, too, because not everybody's kids are of age. And some toddler moms are like, my child would never, you know, but you can start early. You know, hey, just sit here for 10 minutes. Once you're done, we're going outside when you hear the ding, right? And then slowly but surely, you know, add those increments so that, you know, before you know it, you can lay down for an hour if you come in my room I'm going to launch a yeet or whatever at the door. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, do not come and talk to me, you know, because this shows me you're irresponsible. So make, you know, make it good. But, you know, whatever motivates your children. Shoes can motivate mine, but, you know, whatever motivates your kids. But, you know, it's on a practical level, set the timer and then inch it up little by little. Mom needs a break. I need a break so I don't yeah. go off. That's so. good. That's good. Y'all, we've worked up to two hours in yes. our family. Woo. So in the afternoons after we do school, I get two hours, huts and naps, and yes. the girls play quietly, and yes. I get other work done, which that's is right. really yes. helpful. That's so great. that's really good because I feel like what I'm hearing them saying is, yes, it's busy, and we're all going through transitions, right? It's like you kind of feel like you get it, and then it changes. But that we can just start looking for intentional pockets of rest where we can get with the Lord, hear from him so that we remember that he is the source of our strength, right? Yes. So, so Christina, um, you help moms all the time who are struggling with overwhelm and anxiety, right? You do that as a productivity coach. You've done that for me. We've done that on the podcast. Why do you feel like moms are struggling so much with, with anxiety and just overwhelm? And, and what can they do to get help? <sighs> We're gonna talk about this more later, but um, I think ego is attached to a lot of the things we do. Yeah. Ego can show up in our homeschool journey, right? Ego can show up in our public school journey, wherever your kids go to school, however you mom. Um, we have a lot of pride wrapped up in the things that we do. So we feel like I have to show up, I have to do the things, I have to exude excellence at all times instead of being honest enough to say, I'm tired today and I'm not doing this with y'all. 
I'm going, you know, to be honest enough to be in that place, you know. So I firmly believe that overwhelm is a symptom, okay? So regardless of what people think about homeschooling moms, they feel like we're Mary Poppins and all these other things. The thought of keeping my kids with me gave me panic attacks. I would sit in the restaurant with three kids at the time. I just feel like I can't breathe, like y'all are touching me. And I can't, <laughs> I just want to be left alone, don't talk to me. You know, but it's a sign that there's something that we need to tweak, right, in the schedule and how we're doing our downtime and the responsibilities that I carry. And so I have a really good friend. Her husband was like, I'll pay for a cleaning service if it will make you feel better. Yeah. But, but, wait, 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 wait. Can you have your husband talk to mine? <laughs> it's not my husband. It's not my husband. <laughs> my friend's husband. But she was like, no, we don't need it. Oh. I can do it. Because having her. somebody else, because <laughs> having someone else come into your house to help you clean up symbolizes something, doesn't it? Doesn't it say something about your role as a woman or as a wife or as a mom that this is what we're supposed to be able to do? Set them free. Set them free. We're supposed to be able to handle this. So we're overwhelmed and stressed out and mad. Nobody wants to live with that lady. She is not cute. <laughs> if, if you're momming in some way, I'm gonna be honest, nobody wants to have sex with her. <laughs> she mad. Nobody wants to do these things. We grown, or mostly my daughter's here, so I'm a little ashamed. But, <laughs> but we've had the talk. But you know, you know, on a <laughs> on a practical level, I think an ego is wrapped up in a lot of things. And so, you know, if we can learn to set her aside and say, you know, this is what I want. Like last night when she said, What do you want? You know, to actually know what that is and to consider our legacy as more than the practical things that we do around the house, the laundry, the dishes, the clean closets, or the lack thereof, you know, all of these things, I'm more than that person. And so we feel overwhelmed because I feel like I need to be her, 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 and her, and have a six pack, and run a million dollar business, and do all these things. It's like, well, I need to take what I want attached to my legacy, and clean closets is not part of that. Okay, oh. yeah. Great. Listen, I ain't cleaning closets no more. <laughs> no more. Be no, delivered. I don't know if I cleaned them before, but I'm not doing it now. I think that's so good. I think it's so good to consider for a second that part of the reason why we do the things we do is for self-accolade. That I want someone to look at me and say thank you. I, all the time with my kids, say thank you, say thank you. Because I want them to recognize how much I'm doing for them. But that's not teaching them anything in that moment. It's teaching me, okay, I feel better about myself because you said thank you. I think all of us at moms, as moms go through times where um, we kind of hit a point where we're so low and so down that it's no, no amount of accolade or thank yous is gonna make us feel better. And part of that is just that idea of depression. Um, Pamela, you told us that after having your baby, you were surprised that you hit that low point of postpartum depression. Depression, can you tell us about that? Yes, it was so weird. Um, I had my second baby, so I took a few weeks, you know, to stay at home with my almost two-year-old and my newborn baby. So when the days went by, I started feeling, like, really angry all the time. Like, I would hear my baby crying, and I was like, oh, I mean, I cannot stand that sound. Or then I would look at my husband, and I would just feel, gosh, I hate that man. Like, <laughs> really, I... Oh, I remember one day he came home and he was so excited to see us and he was like talking and I was like, I just turned to him and I said, 
your voice is annoying. I just <laughs> sip it. And he stayed with me. I mean, I love him. Like, he's, he was so good. Poor him. Like, really. So, in one of my follow-up visits with my OB, I mean, she asked, you know, how everything is going, how are you feeling? So, I was like, well, this is happening. I don't know if this is relevant or not. And she said, well, that sounds a lot like postpartum depression. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm not sad. I'm angry. Like, I don't want to cry. I want to punch people, you know? Like, <laughs> that's not being depressed. So, she explained medical stuff that I don't, don't understand, you know, like chemical imbalance and hormones going crazy and all that. But depression really is your emotions are out of your control. Yes. And I felt exactly that. And that includes anger. Yeah. And I remember that I used to feel so guilty because I was like, why am I being so harsh and so awful with my husband and with my kids? Like, what's wrong with me? And I would pray and read my Bible. And I was like, I'm Bad, bad person, a bad mom. But when I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm not crazy. I'm not the daughter of the devil. Like, I mean, it's just, <laughs> there's something going on. Like, I mean, yeah. there's a reason for it. So yeah. I think some of the times we feel that depression or anxiety looks, you know, one way, and that's it. Or like anxiety looks like panic attacks, and that's it. But if you feel that something is off, like something is not right, talk to someone that knows more than you, a yes. doctor or someone that could advise you because there may be yes. an actual reason for that. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. yes, thank you for saying that because I think as moms, we put our, our own health, whether it's mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, we put it last. Yes. And if I'm gonna be any good to my family, you know, I have to make sure that I'm taking care of myself, right? And I need to go to the doctor. And, you know, we've talked about this before. Moms always, you just, we deal with these physical problems even too long. Your thyroid is off, yes. something is hurting, yes. and we just put it off and we put it off and we put it off until you're at a breaking point. Mom, go get help. Yes. The people in your life want you to get help too. Well, they probably do. <laughs> They really do, they really do. All right, so Susan, you have kids a little bit ahead of where mine are. Some of yours actually just flew the coop, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, two of them. So as your kids start to get older, you know, I think um, at, when they're little, we kind of have, have these dreams for them, whether we've planned it out or not, whether we're like really clear, like, I have an aunt who told her three daughters, you're gonna be a doctor, you're gonna be a lawyer, you're gonna have an MBA. Like, she didn't play, okay? And sure enough, like, those girls did it, okay? But also, my aunt is scary. But, <laughs> you know, for your own kids, you may have plans for them, whether you articulate it like that or not. And sometimes, as they start to get older, we see that those plans that maybe you had, they don't choose that path. How do you deal with that? So uh, that's absolutely a reality because uh, there's just not this promise that you could do all the things and love them so well and all of their choices in the future will reflect all that love you poured into them. And so have I dealt with um, kids who've been exposed to pornography and then continued to seek out pornography? Yes. Have I had kids or a child who got into a relationship with someone that from the first mention of them, I knew this was no good. And we ended up um, in a situation where we had to involve the police. And still to this day, we deal with the situation around stalking around my child. Wow. Yes. Wow. So there's a reason why, like, you know, as a mom who mentors moms, that I don't post a lot of pictures of my kids because there's a certain someone 
who creates accounts to find out updates on one daughter. So there's just realities of choices that they make and people that they bring into their lives that, you know, all of the love and all of the, the prayers and all of the time, there's still this walk that each of our kids must do. And one thing that I do in the midst of that is I refuse to shame their choices. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I refuse. Yeah. Because there was a time their mama was lost. Mm-hmm. And there was a time their mama made decisions that didn't make God smile. And yet he rescued me. Yeah. And he can rescue yeah. them. That's right. Yeah. Amen. Good. Amen. That's good. I love that. I love that. I love that. It sounds to me like, you know, what Jenny said last night about being a safe place. And I want to be a safe place for my kids, and it sounds like you're a safe place. Um, And we need to be a safe place for each other as moms, right? As a community, it needs to feel safe. And a lot of times, y'all, it does not feel safe. Out here in this mom community, I mean, you feel judged, especially with some of the issues that are coming up in our world right now pertaining to the things that we do not want to mention. You know, it's like, are you making this choice to get this thing that starts with a V? Are you not? You know, and you're right if you do it and you're not right. And, you know, we end up judging each other for all of these choices that we make. Pamela, tell me, have you experienced that? And and why do you think that we do that? You're not going to like me with this answer. (laughs) I think two things. Okay. First of all, I think it comes from a place where you think you are right and the other person is wrong. Like you know better, you know more than the other person. And that is absolutely wrong because every mom is different. Every kid is different. Every family is unique. So what may work for you, it may not work for others. So thinking that you know best or you have the right way, That is wrong. There's not such thing as the universal truth of motherhood, okay? There's not just one way of doing things. So uh, thinking that way is wrong. I remember when my first kid was born, I would Google everything. Like if my baby sneezed, I would Google baby sneezing, like, you know, like what to do or not. And I was amazed that everything I Googled came with like a thousand different answers, a thousand different possibilities, and every option said, this is the right thing. This is the only way. Those people are wrong. You should do this. And I was like, they're saying completely opposite things, and they both say the right. So what do I do? So I you know, as I uh, grew as a mom, I ended up doing my own mix of things. I remember very specifically with the baby uh, sleep training thing that if you want your baby to sleep through the night and there are a lot of opinions about that. (laughs) And I ended up doing neither. Like I remember I took what I liked from here and I took this thing and I made my own mix that worked for my baby and made him sleep at three months. So I was like, good but it was my own mix of things (laughs) sorry I made you jealous over there (laughs) so what I mean is it's not one way of doing things so if you are one of those moms that think you're right and you know better than the other mom I mean we are wrong and don't let anybody tell you that and the second reason is thank you for that clap (laughs) somebody liked what I said yeah yeah so thank you (laughs) you made me feel better So the other reason is, I think as women, not all of us, but most of us, we're very opinionated. Is that a word? Yes. 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 Okay, just making sure. 
Okay, so we tend to just want to meddle with things and control yes. other people. So like, I, I, I wanna be as soft and nice as I can, but just let me tell you, if nobody asks your opinion or your oh. advice about something, they don't want it. Okay, so don't give it. <laughs> I mean, and if somebody gives you an unrequested opinion, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> that works for you. Don't let anybody tell you something that you didn't ask for, okay? Yes. And what I mean is, don't, we cannot feel the right. If you're seeing a mom feeding her child, oh, you are feeding that? I mean, are you giving that to your kids? Like, oh, well, I do these things. Who cares? Nobody yeah. asked you, okay? Yes. And <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, don't be those moms, okay? Just don't do that. But if you, if somebody, does ask you for your opinion. I always said, okay, you know, I do this and that and that, but that's what works for me. You, yes. you do what's best for your family. Don't ever give your opinion in a way that you make feel the other mom like, oh, this is the only way to do it. <laughs> don't, pull, don't put that pressure, of, you know, upon that mom. So, yeah, good. I think that's my answer. No, that's so don't good. hate that's me. So good. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, I think so. As I am starting to have older kids in my house, it's starting to be this thing where you can feel the judgment coming at you from the outside public opinion. And some of it's because your children are making choices outside of you that you can't control and you don't even know that it's happening, right? Because they're doing it at school or at a friend's house. Or maybe it's even just centered around um, at what age you give them the phone, the social media, the, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that with your kid and you just feel this judgment coming at you. Susan, have you ever experienced just feeling almost like isolated because you feel like nothing you do is right, everybody's judging you. What did you do in that situation? So I'm a black woman in America <laughs> with seven kids and I homeschool. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what you're talking so about. So that's a yes? That's a yes? Yes, yes, yes. I remember when um, I was, stepping into each one of these decisions, like, you know, I could just, li listen, 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 listen. So there's already judgment happening around me being seven kids in homeschool. And so let's just take it all the way out here, okay? So we birth all our babies at home in water. Like, you know, there's no wings that are gonna come out this back of mine. Like, these are just the decisions God gave us and the opportunities he gave us, and we leaned into them. But each one of the circles that I was in to learn the next step that God had for our family had this extra burden of it, like this is the way, or this is the way that everybody should do it. And I'm always that one that's like, I mean, I think feel like this is a choice and an opportunity, and other moms make equally great choices, and I honor those too. Like I'll show up at the hospital with any mom, I'll show up at a birth center, and I'll show up in your living room, like or wherever you wanna be, just bring me in, that's all I'm saying. Like can we yes. be together and do this? Yes. So I have just felt like, as I have stepped into the different next steps that God leads me in, I feel this, pull of I'm leaving a community that feels like that decision is just going the wrong direction. Yes. And one of those was when I felt the Lord calling me to speak and begin to travel and to serve moms in a bigger way. There was a huge backlash from the homeschool community of like, you are no longer keeping your family as the main thing and you are going to begin to put your kids on the altar and sacrifice their future. Do you feel, you feel like the, the, the and I just was like, I feel like I'm saying yes to what God called me to do. And I'm nervous and wanting support. 
And I felt like a huge door cut off. And I really felt alone my wow. first years of saying yes to this call. And I had to begin to trust God in a new way to bring me a community of people who would surround me and support me as I continued to say yes to him. So it started out me and him, and then slowly he brought others. But I think that was a precious season, as hard as it was, because it helped me to be sure than sure that I was called to do what I do. Yes. It's that idea, just like you said, you're listening for the whisper, right? God whispered to me, and I can't assume that the, the whisper that God's giving me is the same whisper he's given the mom next to me. And so thank you for stepping out on that because now we get to enjoy your wisdom right. and your That's love right. and all of that. So That's thank you right. so much. Hey, Christina and Jana, as we wrap up, I would love for you to think about, tell the moms in this room, you know, knowing what you know now, what would you tell yourself as a new mom? Jana, will you start us off? I think um, something that stood out to me a lot is that compliance is not our goal. We are shepherding souls, and to go with that in mind, it's, it's not about getting your kid to do the right thing each and every time. It's about getting their hearts to change and be transformed by Christ. And can I add one more thing? Please. Um, the other thing is we're not going to mom perfect every day. Like, I fail multiple times a day, but what your kids need, they don't need a perfect mom, but they need a mom who is willing to admit when she sinned against them and to seek their forgiveness. And that, your kids are gonna remember that more than you doing all things perfect. And it gives them an opportunity for them to see how much you need Jesus and how they need a savior as well. And Jesus is the hope that we need. That's right. So, so good. That's so Thank good. You. Yes. yes. I would um, tell myself that you can choose. You have choices. And I think when we enter a different season of life, we feel like we're assigned to this journey, you know? So now uh, Jana's name is Jana, but no, 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 your name is mom. That's who you are. You're his wife. You're their mom. And then we forget that God talks to you by your actual name. Yeah. He does not call you mom. Oh, <laughs> yes. He doesn't call you Pastor Josh. Pastor Josh's wife, he talks to you by your name. And Christina has assignments. Jana has assignments. On the count of three, say your name. One, two, three. Rebecca. Has assignments. And bullet points under that are who you are as his wife or co-parent or uh, mama and all these other things. You're allowed to have choices. And we're going to have to move some things around, right, and rotate some things. I know Mama Susan got to rotate some things. When she says, I want to go out and be great and shine and operate in her gifts, right? I have four boys at home with Dad at the barbershop that he owns, and they're all there with Dad. We had to rotate some things for me to be here. You can rotate. <laughs> Yes. You can move it around. Yes. You have choices so that you're allowed to be one, two, three, say your name. One, Kate. two, three. Kate. Rebecca. Thank you. So you can be her. Yeah. Wow. The fullest version of her. You don't have to choose to be just the one thing until your kids go to college. You have choices. That's what I wish I knew early because I was the twins' mama. That's who I was. One of the ladies that's here, she, she said, I saw you when your babies were babies and you were like a ghost. You can choose. 
Yeah. You don't have to be that person. You can oh, be that person. that's so good. good. Hey, haven't they been amazing? Will you give them a hand?